Ocean water makes up 70% of the surface of the Earth. Just imagine if we could empty the oceans and drain away all the water. If we ignore the fact that our world is going to end up just like the planet Venus, with scorching temperatures and unbreathable air. In the few weeks before the seas become deserts, what secrets would we find on the ocean floor? Ancient sunken cities, the remnants of battles fought at sea, or even pirate treasures, are just a few of the things we would find if we could drain the oceans. Sunken Slave Ships Britain was the biggest trafficker of Africans for over 400 years. Its great wealth was fueled by the transatlantic slave trade. It's hard to imagine the journey made by those 12 million poor souls captured during the shameful periods of time. First, men, women and children would be snatched or sold from their native villages and then taken and held at barracoons along the West African coast. Many died in these intimate camps, even before the boats arrived. But those who lived had to suffer the horror of life on a slave ship as they were transported away from their homes and their loved ones. Sadly, many of these ships were lost to the sea before the captives had even sighted the coasts of North and South America and the Caribbean. The floor of the Atlantic has been described as a graveyard and a crime scene because more than two million of those people trafficked died en route. Conditions on board the ship were horrific. The owners wanted to cram in as many enslaved as possible to maximize space and make each trip as profitable as possible. The people were kept naked, shackled together, with hardly any room to move. They were underfed and treated with violence and cruelty. Now that the water is gone, the Clotilda would be just one of many slave ships found sitting on what was once the ocean floor in the Gulf of Mexico. In 1859, the Clotilda had illegally traveled from Benin in Africa to Mobile, Alabama. Timothy Meir, a wealthy shipyard owner, had made a bet that he could smuggle slaves into the US, despite the fact that their importation had been illegal since 1807. The Clotilda had 110 enslaved people on board, who were taken ashore and given away to the financial backers of the venture. Timothy then set the Clotilda on fire and sank her to hide any evidence and avoid any punishment. She was known as the last slave ship. Yet another sunken slave ship that would now be exposed in the Gulf of Mexico would be the Guerrero. It was wrecked in 1827 and was carrying 561 Africans. By this time, international slavery had been banned in Britain for 20 years, in the US for 19, and in Spain for seven. Nevertheless, the Spanish laws were generally ignored, and the Cuban colonists welcomed regular deliveries of slaves for enforced work on their sugar plantations. The British had patrols to capture slavery vessels on the African coast and around the Cuban capital of Havana. The warship HMS Nimble spotted the Guerrero and gave chase. The sea battle commenced and the Guerrero collided with coral from the Florida reef, tearing her hull open. The boat began to sink, killing 41 of the 561 slaves. The Nimble was also in trouble and stranded on the reef. Other ships sailed to help the stricken vessel but they were hijacked by the surviving Spaniards who sailed away in their stolen ships, taking the Africans to Cuba anyway. The Gulf of Mexico is not the only place where we will find the wreckage of lost slave ships. Just off what was once the coast of Surinam in the South America, we will find that the North Atlantic Ocean has been emptied of water, and what was once the mouth of the river Maroni, we will discover the Lazudan during her ten voyages as a Dutch slaver she carried 6,564 enslaved. 1,639 did not even survive the journey. In 1738, she was caught in a storm and slowly capsized. 
the captain ordered that his crew should nail the hold shut. Almost 700 men, women and children were either drowned or suffocated. The captain was later rewarded by the Dutch West Indies Company for saving a casket of gold from the ship. A cruel and heartbreaking waste of human lives. Pirate Treasure The 17th century has long been associated with swashbuckling adventures and villainous buccaneers. Now that all of the water is gone, we may have a chance of finding some of the infamous pirate treasure thought to be out there. William Kidd, who became known as Captain Kidd, was born in Scotland in 1645. He began his career as a legitimate privateer who was employed by the East Indy Company to apprehend any pirates who would often attack their ships. After having set sail on his ship, the Adventure Galley, in 1696, he decided to turn to piracy himself. Two years later, he hijacked the Quetach merchant. After finding out that he was wanted for piracy, Kidd left his ship at the island of Hispaniola in the West Indies. But it is off Catalana near the Dominican Republic that we will find the lost wreck sitting on what was once the seafloor. There is no treasure on board, but maybe we will now find that off the coast of New York State. It is thought that Kidd buried it on a different island there just before he was caught and hanged. Benjamin Hornigold was a master pirate and at one time he had Blackbeard as his second in command. He had a company of pirates and also established the Pirates Republic, where he would mentor others in the art of pillaging. One of his apprentices was Oliver Lavasseur, who was also known as Labousse, or the Buzzard, because of the speed in which he would attack and hijack other ships. He is thought to have had the biggest treasure haul in the world, worth over $1 billion. At his hanging, the Buzzard threw a necklace into the crowd, it contained a 17-line cryptogram, which when decoded would give the location of his treasure. In 1923, on Ombre Beach on the island of Mahe, a local woman found strange carvings on some rocks. Local archives proved that the buzzard owned the land there. John Cruz Wilkins has been hunting for the treasure on Mahe for over 30 years. He has found pistols, statuettes and bones, but believes that the real treasure is in underwater caves near to the beach. Now that the water is gone, we can enter the caves. We will finally see the precious stones, gold and silver bars, gem-encrusted goblets and crosses that are thought to make up Hornigold's pirate hall. Lost Treasures of the Mediterranean Surrounded by southern Europe to the north and North Africa to the south, the Mediterranean Ocean once covered an area of 970,000 square miles. Now the body of water that played a major part in the history of Western civilization has gone. It was once home to the ancient empires of the Romans, Greeks and Egyptians. Now that the water has been drained away, we will be able to see the relics of the many bloody wars that were fought throughout the centuries. Such as the Battle of Sardina Sea, fought between the Greeks and the Carthaginians in 540 BCE, just off the coast of Corsica or the Battle of the Masts fought between the Muslim Arabs and the Byzantine Empire off the coast of Turkey during the 7th century. It is thought that more than 400 ships sank during the conflict. Once known as the Pharaohs of Alexandria, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Now we will be able to see what remains of this famous lighthouse, which stood on the island of Pharaohs in what was once the harbour of Alexandria, Egypt. The building of the lighthouse was finally finished in about 280 BCE, during the reign of Ptolemy II of Egypt. Alexandria was once an important trade hub 
and ships came to the harbour from all over Europe and Asia. The lighthouse was considered the tallest structure on earth at the time it was built, standing 350 feet high. Sadly, the lighthouse fell into the sea when it was destroyed during an earthquake in the 14th century. It's thought that a huge statue stood on top of the lighthouse, representing the sun god Helios. Now perhaps we will be able to stand next to the blocks of stone that were used to build the pharaohs. About 20 miles north of what remains of the lighthouse, we will find Abukia Bay. Here, in 1798, the British Royal Navy, led by Rear Admiral Horatio Nelson, fought the Battle of the Nile during the French Revolutionary Wars. The naval operation had been raging across the Mediterranean for three months, ending here with the defeat of Napoleon's fleet. Here we can see the remnants of the French flagship, the Orient, which sank when the ammunition on board her exploded during the battle. This defeat gave the British Navy a dominant position for the rest of the war, and incited other European countries to turn against Bonaparte. To the west of Italy, we will now find a drained inlet that was once the Bay of Naples. 2,000 years ago, the Roman Empire was at the height of its power, and the city of Baia on the northwest shore of the bay became famous as a place for decadence and immortality. It was frequented by wealthy Romans, and even Julius Caesar had a villa there. Before the oceans were drained, only half of the ancient city could be seen, because 430 acres of Baia's streets, storehouses, shops and villas had fallen beneath the sea due to volcanic movement. We will now be able to see the harbour walls that were built by the Romans, and the walls of elaborate villas with their intricate mosaic tiled floors. Here there would have been extravagant parties hosted by Roman emperors. We will be able to walk through the dining room of the Emperor Claudius, with its statues of water nymphs. An underwater city that was once the party capital of the Roman Empire will be accessible to us once again. The North King John the Bad reigned over England in the 13th century, although he was known for the founding of Magna Carta, an early Bill of Rights. He was an exceptionally cruel man, and used starvation as a form of punishment. At one time he starved twelve knights to death at Corfe Castle. He plotted against his own brother Richard the Lionheart, and arranged the murder of his own nephew, all in order to seize the throne, which in 1216 he was fighting against the French to retain. John contradicted dysentery and was crossing an area known as the Wash so that he could get back to Newark Castle. The Wash was a bay on the east coast of England. When the seas were full of water, the Wash could be crossed at low tide, but it was known to be treacherous because of hidden whirlpools and quicksand. King John's baggage train consisted of carts stuffed full of his crown jewels and money. The tide rushes in quickly and the carts were lost. The soldiers drowned. John was lucky to escape with his life and died from his illnesses a week later. Perhaps we can now find the carts full of goblets, swords, jewellery and coins in the dried up bay. The hall is estimated to be worth over 50 million pounds. Viking warriors once struck terror all across Europe. These Scandinavian explorers built extraordinary sailing boats known as longships and used them to raid and conquer other lands. But they also had a huge trading network that reached from North America to the rivers of Asia. Their ships were way ahead of their time. They were designed to cut through the water with precision. On rare occasions, a ship would be used for the burial of a dead king or a great warrior and would be set adrift at sea. How many of these Viking longships will we now find on the drained floors of the oceans and rivers across three continents? 
During the reign of the Protestant Queen Elizabeth I in 1588, the Spanish Armada was a fleet of ships sent by the Catholic Philip II to invade England. After being defeated in the English Channel, the Armada retreated north in an attempt to flee around the top of the coast of Scotland. It was here that they hit storms, especially off the north and west coast of Ireland. There, 28 of the 130 Spanish Navy ships that set out from Spain were wrecked. We already know this site of the Gironna, at Lacada Point, near the Giant's Causeway in Northern Ireland. She hit the jagged rocks there and went down, losing almost 1,300 men. We will now be able to get down onto the seabed and see the Giona as well as the Santa Maria de la Rosa of County Kerry and La Trinidad Valencia of County Dongal. Some of the treasures already found by divers at the wreck sites included gold and silver coins as well as collections of gold jewellery, siege guns and textiles. Now we will be able to access the other 25 Armada shipwrecks and see what treasures they have to reveal. One of the most famous treasure hunts in the world has been going on for hundreds of years. It began on Oak Island, Nova Scotia, Canada in 1795. Daniel McGuinness was only a teenager when he discovered a man-made shaft that is 100 feet deep. It has become known as the Money Pit. Six men have lost their lives over the years while searching for the treasure of Oak Island, which is believed to be cursed. Every time the hunters get close to discovering their riches, the pit floods with water because the nearby beach cove is not even a real beach, but a huge filtering and drainage system. Whoever had buried the treasure had wanted to keep the pit flooded and keep any looters out. Now the water of the North Atlantic is gone, and there is no need to keep bailing and pumping out the water. We will finally find what lies at the bottom of the pit. Hunters have found tantalizing clues over the years, such as a large stone with strange markings found in 1803, more recently, it was deciphered as saying 40 feet below 2 million pounds are buried. Many myths have grown around the pit over the years, and could it hold the missing jewellery of the doomed Queen Mary Antoinette? Our friend, Captain Kidd, is rumoured to have stashed some treasure there. It's even claimed that the Francis Bacon hid documents there that prove he was actually the author of Shakespeare's plays. Maybe it's just an elaborate hoax, and we will find nothing there. But if all the ocean in the world was drained away, at least now we'd finally be able to know. Sunken Cities Just off the coast of Alexandria, we can walk around what was once the kingdom of Cleopatra. She belonged to the Ptolemaic dynasty and was the last pharaoh of the world's longest living society. The city of Heraklion probably ended up under the Mediterranean Sea because of earthquakes and tidal waves. We can walk among the foundations of Cleopatra's palace and admire statues of the goddess Isis and the Sphinx. Off the state of Gorata in India, and to the north of the city of Mumbai, is what was once the Arabian Sea. Here in the Gulf of Kambat is another city. This one is five miles long and two miles wide. Incredibly, it is thought to have been built 9,500 years ago. Perhaps we can now prove that the lost city of Dwaraka, the Golden City is real, and not just a myth. If the city really is as old as archaeologists think, then the whole belief surrounding the origins of civilization will have to be reassessed. Back now to the Mediterranean, where we will find the city of Palova Petri, just off the coast of southern Greece. The city was once a busy port for both the Mycenaean and Minoan civilizations. Sadly, the original name of the city has been lost over the years. Maybe we'll find some form of inscription somewhere as we walk around the ruins that will help us to find the city's forgotten name. 
We can walk along the roads, explore the streets, buildings, and temples. We can explore the Bronze Age stone coffins in the cemetery and the complex system of water pipes and channels that the people of the city used. We can even walk into the large plaza that stands at the center of the city and imagine what life was like 5,000 years ago. And finally, we can revisit the Caribbean Sea to walk through the ruins of what was once referred to as the wickedest city on earth, Port Royal. At the height of its notoriety, Port Royal was an exciting place and a hub for traders of expensive goods from all over the world. It was a place that attracted merchants, artisans, and of course pirates, who all contributed towards the economy and vibrancy of the city. 33 acres of Port Royal were submerged after an earthquake in 1692, and some of the buildings even remained intact. So if all the ocean was drained, we can walk along the Lime Street in the commercial centre, where it intersects with Queen Street and High Street. We could wander through the buildings there and see their whitewashed walls and herringbone patterned brick floors. Buildings where the citizens overindulged with alcohol and food, where they visited the casinos and brothels before the quake caused them to slide into the sea. Up until now, only 1% of the ocean floor has been surveyed, so who knows what other secrets we will find laying on the floor of what has been described as the biggest museum of the world. So that's just a handful of the many things we would find if we could somehow drain the world's oceans. Thanks for watching, and as always, we'll see you in the next video.